0: ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace, episode 45, Woo-hoo. with Sean Peterson. Thank you for joining me, Sean. Thank, Thank you sir. so much. I appreciate being here. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. Sorry we're kind of cameras, not quite framed up right. That's always my my fault. we play with some stuff. See, I can do it two ways. I can press with this over here. Oh, wow, look at you. Ta-da! Look at that, that's way too much on my back. We don't need any of that. So, we are here, deep underground in a hobbit hole. Somewhere. Speaking of Hobbit holes, you need to be able to see my bare feet because we're at the beach. Holes inside of
1: holes inside of holes.
0: There you go. Last time we were here, Russell didn't tell us that there were lights in this room, so it was very dark. But look at that. We've got... We have at least one more. It's still,
1: you know, we still like to keep it pretty dark. But <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It looks the same in here no matter
0: when you're in here. That's kind of what we what we want, you know. Well, it's awesome. I wish I had a cave. I don't have. I don't have a cave. My cave sits out in the sun and bakes. It's not nearly as nice. I was jealous of this place for many, many, many years before I got the
1: opportunity to actually be here. So I feel very, you know, fortunate and honored that R- Russell was, you know, <laughs> uh, kind enough to let me share his space. And, Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, I love it here. Love it here.
0: Oh, it's, it's me too. I just I love the air conditioner. After being outside, the heat is coming back faster than I want it to. It's ridiculous. I know it's June now, but still, where did winter go?
1: I don't know, man. I I, I I miss those middle seasons. We didn't really have it this year. That that spring thing that other people have, we didn't have it. None of that. No. I don't. Know, I've gotten into the gardening. Like, it's kind of weird, the last couple of years. You, like, get dirty and stuff? I mean, like, straight up, like, barefoot. Like, I'm, I'm barefoot out just digging in the dirt. Russell's corrupted you. I I, I love it. Perhaps. I'll, I'll take it, though. I'll take it, uh, So what do you what do you grow? What do you garden? Oh, gosh, man. Right now, we just, I mean, it's just simple. I mean, it's not like we're, we're not farming or anything. We just have some cucumbers yeah. and tomatoes and things like that. Man, and we've got some herbs and flowers up front, things like that. But, uh. Uh, my girlfriend, her mother is, like, the gardener. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they have acres of land. It's all planted. She works, like, hours a day in her garden, uh, produces food for... We, uh, 30, 35 quart bags of green beans are what we took what? the other day. Uh, Poundage-wise, what does that come out to? I have no 10, idea. 10, 15 pounds probably? At least. Uh, no, no, way more than that. I had a, yeah. I, I had a very, very difficult time picking up the bag. And I can, you know, yeah. no, it was, like, we're, we're talking, like, well, you know, I'd probably say 60, 70 pounds worth. Yeah. Um, and then she's got Sorry, I forgot exponentially more. more than that. <laughs> so, it's, it's flowing. Yeah, that's just the green beans. Yeah, you know? so it's like, and I'm, I'm inspired by that. Like, you know, the whole idea of, Growing your own food, man. Like that whole mm-hmm. idea is, I'm very, very, very into that idea. Yeah. So uh, I am been, too. I'm starting small. I'm trying to, trying to, trying to just, I've, I've never made shit grow before. So just making something fucking grow is beautiful. We had some cucumbers last year, and they, they, they didn't do well. We kind of learned from our mistakes. We're trying to do better this year, uh, in terms of spacing them out and things like that. But. Um, you know, just just watching watching her bring in like literally like we've got a year's worth of green beans wow. that this woman
0: produced in her yard. Isn't it amazing how not easy that is though?
1: I, I mean, literally like she like the work. We went out there the other day and just just that portion that we got to keep. We had to snap. Yeah. We we blanched them, which I learned is you know boiling hard for a few minutes and mm-hmm. then ice water. And then, you know, you individually bag them in Ziploc bags. So you do it all, we do it all by hand, you know, it's like yeah. sitting there and snapping the beans, like as a family, communicating, talking, and right. hanging out, and, uh,
0: it's just beautiful. So no app for this?
1: There's no app for it. There's no, no phones
0: involved, there, no computers. There, there's a few nifty little gadgets. Actually talking to human beings. Actually talking to human dirty. beings. Getting dirty. It was great. This still happens? It still happens. Oh my God.
1: It still happens. It's, uh, it's, it's. Who it's, are you, Peter Pan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been very inspired by it. I, I'll just say that. Like I've, I've been great. going out and just, you know, digging up parts of the yard and planting things and trying to get them to grow. Man. And it's just—I'm uh, jealous. I can't grow crap. I—I've I've, I've never been able to. But I'm—I'm I'm forty, almost forty-four years old. How old are you? Thirty-eight. So you've got a few. Years. July, yeah. You've got a few years to figure it out. I—I I, you know I'm, I'm just now. I've tried gardens before. It's not like this is the first time. I've tried it before and I've oh. killed a lot of things. So <laughs> uh, I'll go with it.
0: That's I killed everything out of my place. The, uh, there's, just because there's no shade, there's so much sun, yeah. everything dead. We grow sand spurs like nobody's business. But yeah, we that's about all it. those,
1: man. I was surprised. We, we thought our soil was crap, you know, just total mm-hmm. crap. And as soon as I broke broke it into it, it was just dark and earthworms. Whoa, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So nice. yeah, we, we got very lucky in that respect. So cool. I can't take all the credit for actually getting things to grow. It's know I, I haven't had to like you know revive our soil or anything like that it's 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 been pretty spot on since we started but but yeah so that's that's something i've been kind of into lately that whole idea is just i don't know i think people that that do that I, i've never been a hunter mm-hmm. but that concept of killing something and then having this yeah. freezer full of meat because i'm definitely i'm not a vegetarian
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, I i just think that's a it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, providing being,
1: food for yourself is really great.
0: Yeah, being a producer, like and cutting out all the middlemen. You know, my first thought is always, think of how much gas we could save if we didn't ship groceries all over the place. Sure. You know, so the
1: I don't know how much. Like I I I wonder sometimes because we, we've we've spent money mm-hmm. to make it happen. I don't know how much money we'll save in the long run. I'm sure we will in the long run, but you know, just getting something going. can do a lot of it for free but you know you have to to buy some things you know and so it's um, um, until you can really like what again my girlfriend's mother what she produces that's completely worth the money she spends because she's got seeds that she saves and she turns over and things like that so that's pretty amazing but um, but yeah that that whole idea of just localizing to the most extreme making your own food (laughs)
0: I, I dig that. Uh, me too. Me too. I'm I'm a big fan, big big fan. The I love all the the rooftop gardens and the, the urban gardening that you're starting to see. You know, there's some yeah. really cool programs out there. I uh, I need to find out who's doing that here in Pensacola. Those would be some fun people to talk to. I
1: I, I can for sure. I know at least one person who manages some of the uh, community gardens. Oh Mr. please, Mr. Rick Kendall. Rick Kendall. If he's watching. Hey. Probably well, not. sooner or later, anyway, we'll let him know. He'll, uh, but he uh, he's he's helped maintain and actually does a lot of the 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 hard work, you know, the actual work.
0: Yeah, uh, the dirty part, yeah. the getting dirty yeah, part. Exactly. That's
1: yeah. awesome. So, uh, but I'm yeah, really there there are a few that. of those around here. So uh, I, I'm not sure which ones he maintains, but yeah, but yeah, that whole idea of uh, we have a uh, a friend who wanted to garden and their landlord was not cool with them, what? tearing up a manicured lawn, which is, is unfortunate because manicured lawns are so just- a Waste just, of water and so, other things. So many, there's, there's so many, you know, reasons against having a manicured lawn. But if you're renting a home from somebody and they, we're fortunate that the person we rent from is like- Cool with Great, please plant things, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully she'll get some of the harvest, you know, but-, uh, but Sharing uh, is caring. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but they've ended up, uh, because of that situation, they've ended up finding someone who's got a lot of land who wants to literally, like, like have a community garden with them. So it's not, a you know, open to the public community garden, but yeah. they've actually, like, got somewhat of a co-op where several people are planting and, go. and working it. That's and, the way to go. And it's rather large, and I'm sure it'll end up... I'm getting amazed at what a few acres of land, what that can produce.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh... If you just put in the time, my little plots take, you know, i probably spend, you know, half an hour, maybe 45 minutes a day just watering, pruning, things like that. But uh, I'm going to get food. That's
0: not the only thing you get out of it. Uh, There are a lot of people, a lot of scientists that are doing the research right now to back up the initial evidence that says being hands-on in a garden and, and being in close contact with nature it's actually beneficial for your digestive system.
1: I, I, I can't imagine it not being good for everything.
0: Yeah.
1: I think anything that's good for your, your general state of mind is going to, mm-hmm. you know, if you start up here, it kind of floods down. Indeed, and indeed. Uh,
0: so, um, they say just the microorganisms in the dirt that, that become part of your microbiome is healthy for you? The whole concept of earthing? Yeah, uh, as I, crazy I, as it sounds.
1: I, 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 I'm barefoot. Most of the time I'm outside. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, you know, I'm... I, you know, I, I don't I know how much I'm into all of that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm into all that.
0: Well, I'm well convinced of how little we know. And so, like you said, things that make me feel good and make me happy, even if that's just the placebo effect. I don't care. And I, I'm I, okay I, with at, it.
1: At this point in my life, I, I, I don't care. I, I really... I, I don't... I don't break things down as much as I used to, and I don't yeah. know if that's good or bad. But but I, I've really kind of learned to to on instinct if something really just just feels right, mm-hmm. uh, you know. In in making music, I, I I I don't I don't break things down to the point of like is this the the right or wrong thing to do. I really go on more of like is this just is this bring me joy, just yeah. make me happy. Is it fun? And and and, and, and I think everything in life kind of has to be that way. Like you kind of have yeah. to like is this. You know, it's something as simple as taking your shoes off when you walk outside—does that make you just that much happier? Like, yeah, I, mean, I like getting dirty. It's—it's it's, it's kind of been fun just to get fucking yeah. dirty.
0: Yeah. You know, when's the last time somebody made a mud pie? Right? Like that was Saturday entertainment for years when I was a kid years, I don't remember the last time I made a a sprinkler or a hose and a all couple dudes long. that's all you needed that's all <laughs> you needed oh and, uh, so man so it's
1: that same kind of simple joy of like yeah you know it's just I, I'm not supposed to be dirty but I, I'm dirty like, yeah, you know, but, a, yeah but why not we should be. oh no I, that's exactly yeah. the thing though it's like you're just kind of fighting those such a
0: sterile community the culture is become really sterilized yeah. now that's, yeah that's a big problem I've learned not to mind
1: having a little dirt under my fingernails yeah doesn't bother me to you know.
0: Not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. It'll be it's, okay.
1: It'll be just fine. In and fact, if it'll you be need quite some a minerals, <laughs> yeah, right there. I got some grit in my mouth unintentionally.
0: You know. <laughs> so you mentioned music. So let's double back to we met through music, and uh, I can't I couldn't recall earlier if it was uh, you were playing with. It was either Tyler Mack or Johnny Hart. It was in the both. early. It was Fatty Waters. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was Fatty Waters at the time. The two of those man. gentlemen, myself and uh, Justin Headley. And Headley mm-hmm. on on Zorak. Yep, yep. That's right, man. And that was, we were in the dome, I think, the first time I, I ran y'all's sound, which was a beautiful time. Yeah. But that's how we met and yeah. as a bass player. But that's not the only thing you do.
1: Uh, no, but that's my that's my thing.
0: Catch people up real quick. Not only are you an audio engineer, but you're a bass player for Fatty Waters at the time. You play bass for a couple of different bands. Have played for several different bands over the course of your career. Yeah. Uh, then let's see. Work heavily in the music industry here in Pensacola through a couple of different institutions. One of which is your own creation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the sound. Pensacola Sound Production. Audio
1: Documentation? Pensacola yeah. Audio
0: Documentation. Yeah. yeah. So flesh out some of the fun parts of that res- or the parts that you want are excited about talking about these days. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, Just so people can catch up with you.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, for all you
0: folks that, that haven't <laughs> okay. known Sean for years.
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of a... Pensacola Audio Documentation is a recording studio. It's this place mm-hmm. here. Um, it is... Gosh, I guess more more a concept. I, I, I do um, I record bands.
0: But you also go out and, and record fun stuff too, because I've seen some of your videos where you're recording yeah. ambient sounds all over the place. Yeah, which yeah. looks tons of fun. Yeah, but just, that gives you a big library to do all kinds of stuff. So what are you doing with all that stuff?
1: Oh, uh, I'm trying right now. I've started, but I, I I've kind of fallen off the wagon. I need to get get back on actually with the. Uh, um, um, project I'm calling Pensacola Sounds which I've just been documenting just places in Pensacola. Um, Certain spots, certain events, Uh, we have a Saturday market here on Palafox Street. I recorded 20 minutes of just right in the middle of that, Uh, a couple of our fountains here in town, a couple uh, the the port of Pensacola, The destruction of one of our old elementary schools I got to capture that because it's close to my house and I saw them doing it so I ran down and recorded that (laughs) Um, but that whole idea of just you know we're surrounded by sound constantly Mm -hmm. and um, it's only our minds that separated into music and speech and the air conditioner and the train passing by but in reality, it's all just the same thing. And so I've just been, that That whole idea just fascinates me of wherever you are, kind of just being there, mm-hmm. uh, sonically. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I've been wanting to document that. Um, so I've, I've been doing that. Um, that kind of stemmed from, um, um, I didn't have a, a field recorder, mm-hmm. kind of like what you have, a little Zoom field recorder. I, I didn't mm-hmm. own anything like that. Um, I. Started kind of working with some video producers, doing like like holding a, a boom mic, mm-hmm. um, and I, I bought a field recorder to do that with. And I realized I had a field recorder, and so it it, it started stemming from that. You know, I, I started yeah. taking it places and putting headphones on and just kind of listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was one of those things that you know you, you kind of reacquaint yourself with the. The original intent, you know, yeah. it, when you create sounds, it, it all stems from listening to things. So it's just one of those cyclical things. You know, you kind of find a way to get back to the why. Mm-hmm. And listening to just anything kind of helps me just ground. And so I, I, I've been digging that, and uh, I, I'm trying to, um, there's a certain way I want to do it. Right now, technically, I'm limited. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been not wanting to record certain things because there's a way I want to do it. I just don't have the means to do it. It's just a matter of spending money that I yep. don't have. So I'm just kind of like, you know, putting some pennies aside and uh, um, the things that I want to record, the, the things that I want to do will be there. We will all, you know, it, Pensacola will be here. We're, we're here. As long as I'm here, the idea will be there. So, uh, um, you know, other people will do it. Field recording's something that happens all over the world. People, mm-hmm people um, love capturing the ambience of certain spaces mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I kind of hope to do that with that project it's literally it's just kind of like especially people that are from here like to be able to be like okay here's the Palafox market or here's yeah. what it's like to be here in this space at this time you know, it's just uh, it's like a it's like a picture and audio yeah.
0: picture well and more and more uh, I was just thinking how cool it would be to, to take some of that and turn it into bedding tracks for, for audio for some of the stuff that I do sure now, the thought from that being that it's so hard to find to find responsibly produced music and make sure artists are being taken care of online that having an option like that would be would be pretty neat my first thought but yeah then then of course it's the audio files. I had the thought of me sitting around going and this is a fountain from Germany and this is a fountain from Pensacola
1: I this, I, is, this is New Orleans. I mean, it, it, it's it's silly, but it, but but I, I do that. Like I, I follow people like yeah. on SoundCloud that feel recording. i find You know more than I listen to music these days. I'll listen to, you know, this is, you know, the middle of
0: this city. You know, during yeah. rush hour. That's just, life, man. That's real stuff.
1: It's just super interesting. It's Have super you ever seen
0: that they've got they built this organ into a bulkhead into a seawall? You know, bands, know what I'm talking about? Yeah. With the waves. Yeah. The water in the that is the one I, of the coolest I've
1: had some talks with with Brooks hovered about that he's had some like, yeah. water foam type ideas with, yeah. with, with, with involving that but uh yeah the whole idea of, of, of uh, just the sounds that occur whether they're nature yeah. or not like I'm not so concerned with that like I don't mind if I listen to a, if I'm listening to a bird or something natural and something you know man-made occurs in the background uh, mm-hmm. I was recording these uh, frogs uh, at Everman, our, our grocery store here mm-hmm. in town. Uh, um, there's deep ditches that surround that grocery store that yeah. after a lot of rain will get full and in the spring and summer they'll just Tadpole you know, ponds. And they'll just get this, become this loud symphony of frogs. And uh, so I was recording it one night and constantly in the background there's the traffic going by yeah. and then a train way off in the background which is probably the tracks that run actually right behind here. And um, at first, I was like, "Fuck, (laughs) goddamn beautiful nature thing," and all this going on. And then I stopped and went, "There it is. That's but that is that. That is at that time. That's what happened. That is there. Yeah. That is the you know and you know kind of like it's like almost like a journalistic kind of approach. Yep. Yep. um, That's what initially led me to name my whole thing Pensacola Audio Documentation. The fact of." Um, when you record especially with music there's a big differentiation differenti- God, I can't even say that word difference big difference between uh, differentiation uh, there you go uh, producing music and recording music yeah. I think you can you can record a sound and really manipulate it afterwards or you can kind of document it as it is mm-hmm. um, I don't have a problem with either one and I really kind of engage in both Quite a bit, but that whole idea of recording something as it as it is, uh, and really trying not to to do anything after that, other than you know, when it comes to music, maybe balancing it in a certain way, but mm-hmm. really not getting in the way of what it actually is. Yeah, um, I think that's something that gets kind of lost these mm-hmm. days. We we really expect things to be very perfect. Right, and they're they're often not, and that's that's the thing that really, uh, again, especially especially musically, for me, uh, um, you think about a, a a drummer who has a certain way that they approach time, the way that they will play. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a habit these days of ironing that out and lining it up so that it's. You know, it's it's a little more on the grid. Um, Whereas that's his thing, you know. That's that's his thing. That's what he does. Um, I I think a lot of bands who are making music these days aren't ready. They're just not ready. They haven't put in the time to uh, become what they're going to be before they try to, like, really... um, and I know a lot of guys that that's, like, one of the first things they do is, is make a record. And I, I, I don't know how many bands I was in and how long I played music before I made a record. You know what I mean? I mean, we were trying to do that, but we really, like, you know, it, it used to be expensive. It used to be harder to find somebody who had the gear that could do it. Right. Uh, the first band I was in that recorded, we found a guy who had a mixing board and a cassette deck. And he was able to plug us all in and record us at the same time to his cassette deck and was, oh. that, was, that was great, you know, like, yeah. like he had 24 channels and mic'd everything and, and, and it was it was pretty phenomenal for us, you know, and yeah. then somebody who could, you know, multi-track after that was like, wow, that's phenomenal and then these days, kids are immediately going into recording to computers and being able to fix all their shit and it being right fix, yeah. and, um, and so that that's, that's kind of a, uh, an expected thing in a lot of circles of music that I think yeah. is It's oh, so cheap though I, I don't know, you know, I, I think um, it's one of those super super fine lines
0: and super gray areas uh, You think so?
1: It, 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 it just depends on the intent It really well, does Here's there's my there's,
0: standpoint. Yeah. My take on the whole thing is, in the approach to podcasting just to make it relevant to make the analogy, is that the like you were saying, the documentation of history. Like you, you're capturing an event, for better or for worse, this is what happened. This is an accurate portrayal of the event. And that's one of the reasons that I don't edit anything. For better or worse, we had this big long conversation that, that was a natural conversation. And I think that's something that when you get into the digital age, it becomes easier and easier to remove yourself from what actually happened and try and manipulate what actually happened into what you want it to be. And that gets problematic on a lot of levels, all the way into the reason that amplifiers and vinyl are really good is because you can still feel all the stuff that nobody can hear anyway, which is a whole other realm of of live interactions, I think. But that's kind of my two cents on that. I'd rather have it real, historically accurate, unabridged, unedited. Because I think being able to do it live is much more difficult than being able to pull it off in post.
1: I I have a constant, constant internal struggle with that. Yeah. Like, constant. Um, I I am really, in the end, uh, an ends justifies the means Mm -hmm. kind of guy. Mm Creative. I think uh, I've known people who have Heavily employed things like Auto-Tune, and heavily employed things like, you know, drawing MIDI in with a mouse, and things that we would consider unmusical, to make beautiful music because that was their process. Uh, they they couldn't sing, they couldn't do these things, but they employed these processes to make them work. Um, um, I know people that use them to make up for musical deficiencies yeah. in a way that supports their ego yeah. that to me is the line and yeah. it's a very gray area I, I, I don't know how you how anybody it, like how you place a rating on it like this is rated R this is PG this one's okay this one's not like how how any of us does it overall I think I guess it's for each individual Yeah, to, to go that's within my realm of, of okay or that's not I, I love I love hip-hop I love I love sampling I love I, I love electronic music that's on a you know, a very strict grid that doesn't have any play with the rhythm or time. Uh, I love five guys playing together that move all over the place at the same yeah. time though. So I don't know where where the right and wrong is. I have no idea where
0: well right and wrong is, is tricky. Uh, my opinion
1: <laughs> and, 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 and again I, I guess that, that, that's really you know, I, I, I know there is no but there, I there is no but right or wrong you. Yeah. There, there, you can't say one is correct and one is not but as far as what you will accept and what you yeah. won't um, I don't know there's things that I hear that, that will have no more of those things than something I like but I don't like it over here
0: yeah
1: and it's hard to say exactly why when you want to quantify it and break it down but um,
0: and there are always exceptions, for sure. Sure. But the, the whole argument of there'll never be another Freddie Mercury because of the way music is now. Like, I think there will definitely be another Freddie Mercury. Will he be celebrated the same way that Freddie Mercury and Queen was celebrated? Maybe not.
1: Sooner or later, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah it, and then just what does that look like? And, and is, it, is it necessarily a bad thing? And what would people like Freddie Mercury that have this ridiculous talent that people put so much effort in post to try and replicate what would the what would he say about it i am fascinated by all of those things because it's there is no solution it's always going to keep going forward. We're not going backwards anytime no. soon.
1: and you give those guys you think of the the the, the, the people and of course talent is always is is only worth as much as it's cultivated sure so you take the people like the you know the the Freddie Mercury's the Jimi Hendrix's of the world there's people that have that talent who you know it's often just overlooked how much time they must have spent figuring that shit out yeah like figuring that shit out like you know that's a lot of fucking time um So there's childhoods in most cases. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, a a, a lot of, yeah, a lot of entire childhoods, just just figuring that shit out, locked in a room, figuring that shit out, one one little step at a time. Um, There's people doing it nowadays, but I mean, um, yeah, they're, they're not. I don't know that they're celebrated the same way. The amount of information that we have these days. The amount of recorded music, the amount of things that you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, at the click. At the click. I mean, there, there was, there was, you know, there were, there were a lot of records made in the 50s, 60s, 70s. There were mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, people, independent people making records in small studios and things like that, but not, not like there is today. Just crank them. Not like there is today. Not like when you can, you have people just, you know, the amount of music that comes out of Pensacola and Mobile um, from bedroom studios to to Dolphin Street sounds type places yeah uh, and everywhere in between I mean um, you know I know guys with in, interface and a laptop computer that are making tremendously great music mm-hmm. um, and making it and disseminating it Throughout the world, and so it's really? like you can really, um, there's a lot of bullshit, a lot of bullshit out there. So much bullshit. So much bullshit, but um, the ability to make something and, and and throw it out there, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, and I I love that. I love technology for that reason, for this reason, for this reason that that uh, if you have an idea, you can put it out there mm-hmm. and hopefully Go people fish. will find it exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully you know you have to still do a lot of fucking work yep. but uh, hopefully people will find it
0: um, hopefully I gotta press this button real quick yeah. long time listeners know what that's about it's just a reset for the YouTube but hopefully people will find it and it, it uh, it's one of the things that, that kind of fascinates me about the where YouTube's going I saw somebody say, one of the music industry people, which that always raises a red flag for me, like, these people don't deserve to talk in most cases, because I think the industry is part of the problem. But that's on its way out, and everybody meant well in the beginning, and blah, 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 blah. Sometimes my opinions should be kept to myself. Sometimes I just like to rant. (laughs) For sure, man. (laughs) But I wonder how, From we all know artists get screwed by the industry on a regular basis. That's not... That's not really an opinion that's a fact these days. Spotify is not real nice to artists and uh, and so one of these one of the industry execs said that YouTube is the worst friend of an artist and from a YouTube paying people standpoint, I can see where he's coming from but from an exposure standpoint with ownership attached to it, I can I can see how he's wrong so Now, that plays a lot differently for somebody who puts a free podcast out versus somebody who's making music. But I kind of get it from a comedy standpoint. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on on how social media, as valuable as it is to help spread the word, do you see any any big drawbacks in it?
1: Uh, I guess it depends on who you are and where you are in the hierarchy of things. If if you've got millions and millions of dollars and you, are, you have the spending habits of somebody who has millions and millions of dollars, and all of a sudden your income stream has, has fallen a lot, then I, I would imagine that you would be upset with the system. Um, if you are a, an independent musician, an independent creative person, an independent person who is doing you know, journalistic type things, who is trying to dis- disseminate information, um, you can do it in a lot of ways and, 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 hopefully monetize it. Uh, I don't think there's a problem with monetizing things. I don't think there's a problem right. with, uh, with, with making a living on, on things that you do. I, I, I really don't. Exactly. Um, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the, the, the punk rock DIY mentality is, is uh, a lot of people think that it's, um. Devoid of like, like you're you're supposed to be completely anti-capitalist, and I, and I, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to be capitalistic about it, but there's there's something to be said about employing your efforts and your craft to feed yourself. Yeah, um, and it, it all I guess it all depends on what your you know what your goals are. Um, musicians these days don't really, I guess you kind of kind of still have the opportunity to become a you know a made person and have like all this you know Mm -hmm. uh money and success but um more than that i think that there's more of an opportunity to find that 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 area of not having to to do that uh, or not having have to have that happen for you to to exist yeah um um YouTube might be bad, but I, I know a, a lot of people who receive income via YouTube Yeah. because of, 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 of viewership. Mm-hmm. Um, is somebody else taking a cut? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I create that infrastructure for that to exist? Fuck no, I didn't. Uh, was it expensive to occur? I'm sure it was. Um, I, Spotify is... I, I i don't like it. I, I i use it more recently than I ever have before because people send me Spotify playlists for gigs. Like, here are tunes to learn in, a, in the form of a Spotify playlist. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what got me on it. and. Um, I'm removed from Spotify. I don't really know I, much about I, I, it. I, I've, uh, I was in a band that... I was the guy who uploaded all our shit online and got the... Got the you know quarterly reports and so forth. Oh, and I don't look at any of that so crap. <laughs> I, I got to see the numbers. You know, basically what yeah. our, what our iTunes numbers were versus our these numbers versus okay. our Spotify. Numbers. I don't have any of
0: those. So I don't. Well, know where I, it
1: is. I, I I got to see that firsthand, and, and and I'll tell you, it was it was insulting. It was definitely kind of kind of funny. Is like, why would you even give me anything? then yeah. give me like you know, thousands of. a penny
0: yeah like why waste the paper why
1: waste the paper
0: it's why like it, it's like paper?
1: really like just looking at it kind of
0: deflated mm-hmm. me uh, one of the values I find though to double back to where we were and avoid how embarrassing numbers can be <laughs> uh, is the ownership you know when we, we were talking earlier about having the history of it and so even though even though it, it may not be the next big thing and you may not become a made musician because of it it's not sitting on a shelf in a producer's office being shelved because it's good it's documented, it's history so when somebody wants to come back and find it it's yours and it's, yeah. got, it's got you associated with it. I think there's a lot of value in that too. I, I,
1: I, I love that. I, I, in the end uh, weighing everything I, I, I'm going to always vote positive for, for social media. For I'll vote Positive for Spotify. I'll vote positive for all those things because of that. Better um, not. I, I think it's on. I think it's on us now, though, to, to figure out how to how to monetize it, how to do creative things to make to make money. You know, it's um, um, you know if you're gonna make a physical release, it can't just be a generic CD that you print a thousand of. It's you got to do something creative with it to make it worthwhile. Mm. Um, um, I think there's a lot of ways that haven't even really been explored yet for creative people to you know, the, the whole concept of, of Patreon and things like that of like, here's here's somebody that I really like, here's a couple bucks a month, yeah. and then, then before you know it, like, this person's making they're paying their rent just because of this one thing. I, I think those types of things, mm-hmm. like um, hopefully will we'll, we'll start to catch a f- foothold and i know they still haven't yet people aren't aren't used to that whole subscription thing but i, I really hope that that uh that concept of um, and i've thought about it for years the idea of, of, of subscription uh, the idea of a band accepting two dollars a month from a person which most people piss away before they even or finish their second cup of coffee in the morning two dollars nothing they have you know they have tons of app subscriptions now that are throwing $2 away. So if you get $2 a month from somebody, that's 24 bucks a year. If you record one album a year, you're making what, $10, $15? So you've already like made more money mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. getting it consistent. So this whole idea of like consistent money and the idea of like, okay, you know, you can, anybody can buy this for, you know, I mean, it's, some of this stuff's expensive, you know, it's a few, few thousand dollars, but yeah, you gotta, Oh, no, 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 we're good. We're good. Um, but, you know, I- I- anybody can, can make the content these days. Any- anybody can do it. If you want to, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole idea of, like, just hopefully the world will catch up with that. I- I- I like, subscription uh, software these days. I- I've noticed, like, video and audio editing software, they're, like, they're all going to subscriptions. Yeah. Like, instead of having to spend, like, several hundred dollars on this, like, now you just spend, a, you know, $20 a month. And you, you just right. subscribe to it
0: yeah so um, and um, more user based uh, what are they, what do they call it like community where uh, where you've got a lot of people working to to make it better um, it's It's nice to see it heading that direction because uh, I, I think one of the things that comes up when we talk about patreon, one, I'm terrified because I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> like tossing up a Patreon account like who the I I don't think anyway um
1: but it's the way things used to occur. I mean, right. So that's the, that old creative concept. Creatives used to exist because of, of patronage.
0: Right, and so we're coming back around. That,
1: that, that, that's how. That's how composers used to live. Yeah. Like they, they could get up in the morning and compose because somebody they had a patron. <laughs> they had, <a> patron. <laughs> they had <laughs> they somebody had like helping them make their pulley sandwiches every yeah. day at noon. You know, it's and this oh. is not a. It's not a glamorous existence. Like whoever thinks that we have money, is like, totally wrong. Like like whatever. Like we're and I, and I know you like, the things you have I, I can't imagine that. like you've gone into debt for these things I, I've sacrificed I can't tell you what I've sacrificed to have the things I've yeah. got to do the things I do like from playing bass to being able to record I, it's, I don't have the greatest stuff in the world but I at the same time I, like, I, I try to do the best I can with it because I want to I want to do the best I can um uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it, that's how people used to exist, and so I, I, I hope it, I hope it does
0: come back around. It is coming back around, thankfully. I Crowd think, I crowdfunding think that whole yeah. concept. I think. Well, we had an idea that I think has come to fruition. Somebody tossed it out there, which is like an online tip jar. So, if every musician has their own web page and they've got a little tip jar, anybody that stops by, be like, oh, yeah, toss a couple, you know, click five bucks in the tip jar for. You know, wait on that shirt design or something like that. Sure. I, that's pretty much Patreon. Yeah. It's just a little less formal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that brings us to universal basic income. That's the other extreme of if everyone is allowed to just realize their creative potential, it would require this not having to go waste forty hours under fluorescent lights. Yeah. Which I think would be really it'd be really cool. I think we're headed that direction. I don't see why we're not already there. I think if we are the wily, tricky little critter that runs the planet, why aren't we all living the good life already? You know? you it's fascinating to, you, that we don't.
1: You have to hustle. I mean, it's a oh, hustle, sure. you know, no matter what you do. like I, I wish I could just play music. I, really, what I would love to do is play bass. That's, that's what I do. All the time. Yeah, you know, and, and like when it comes to recording and things like that, I, I would love to just do the things that I do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, I, I like the process of doing this so you're producing so why not you know why not also use that to you know to bring forth income which is not a lot uh i do the location recording thing you know you do a couple jobs a month maybe if you're lucky yeah you do a couple jobs a month if you're lucky you do a few gigs a week if you're lucky you you just you just you you figure out all those little things that you can kind of you know it's like the whole multiple streams of income thing it's you know it's super important you know if you want to if you want to not, I, I, I've done it. I, I, I worked a day job for, I played music for years, got a day job, did that for years. Quit it, played music, got in a situations, like got another day job and just really, a great job, I had a great job. Was paid well to do mm-hmm. what I did, uh, was for the most part pretty well respected. Uh, It's the whole idea of there. There were at least three or four hours a day every day where I was doing absolute bullshit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, at least three to four. Sometimes a lot more than that. Where I was like,
0: fuck. Most people who work in an office do three hours of work a day, and they're there for ten to twelve hours. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's like, you know, with this, I I come in and I'll do three hours of work, and then I'll go do something else, and then I'll come back and I'll
0: do three hours. And at the end of every one of those three hours, you're like. Stuff. I've gotten,
1: I've gotten, stuff. I've gotten things done. I've concentrated. I've gotten it done, and sometimes it, it might be two and a half. But when I hit that point, I know when I'm at that point of like, yeah. Uh, stop. Yeah, I find something else. Go, go home yeah. and garden. Right. <laughs> That's Don't when I go home and Instagram. prune the fucking garden, yes. and wash the dishes. Perfect timing. And, you know, uh, I like I keep I keep the house clean. So you know when, you know, when one gets home at night, it's all good and go. You know, so it's like just 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 picking my few hours to, you know. Yeah, I, I try to practice space 30 minutes a day, just 30 minutes if yeah. I can. But I, I gotta find those 30 minutes. Right. You know, it's like sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes like it's not. But you know, I, they're always there. I just gotta find them, mm-hmm. and
0: uh, and not not let them slip by. Yeah, and finding ways to buy our time back, buying our health back, and buying our time back seem to be big topics these days, and how we how we're able to manage that. It's and like you were saying even if we are even if somebody else is footing the bill to a certain extent the i think there still needs to be this this urge to be productive and i think finding ways to be productive within the within communities is is where we're going to have to turn to next for a, for a lot of this transition into automation you know ai and all that stuff that's coming down the pike it's inevitable yeah. I think community is going to get us around a lot of that, it's, which just brings us back to music and, and producing stuff.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, community is a wow. It, it's it's. <sighs> I I think it's one of the biggest things that we we overlook. Yeah. Um. And I and I I'm I'm bad about it. Like I I, I don't. I'm very reclusive at home. I don't interact with my my neighbors a lot, but I know them. I know my neighbors. I know their names. I know their, my neighbors. I know their names. Yeah. I know my neighbors. I know their names. They're not
0: calling you for barbecuing in the backyard. No,
1: we, we, we <laughs> you know we, we, we wave at each other. We know you know you know we talk, but it's like you know we, we all we're all we all pretty much keep to ourselves. But yeah. but the idea of, of of taking care of of you know your your community your. Those that are less fortunate, um, um, fostering the the younger creatives um, in the almost. I've been out of my day job for almost a year. Uh, one of the goals that I haven't accomplished yet that I really want to. I, I'm I'm teaching lessons right now, but I I, I want to get more into. Um, There's a community music school here in Pensacola. Very Um, cool. Yeah, the Pensacola Community Music School. And uh, they, um, um, it's grown out of a few other organizations over the past few years, but it's Mm -hmm. something that I I hope to, uh, I know some of the people that are involved. Uh, It's something I want to contribute more to because they essentially um, provide music lessons for uh, kids that wouldn't otherwise have them.
0: And I, side note. Uh, I need Rick's number for community gardens, and I want to get to know these people for community music program. Yeah. I would love to hear those stories. Yeah, yeah. It sounds awesome. It, it really is. This Teaching stuff, kids music is like,
1: ding! It, it's something that, like, there the, are the a couple ideas that I've had in that area that I've wanted to yeah. really involve my time in. And unfortunately, time time and money are the same thing. And when you are a struggling, you know, creative person, you it's hard to give your time away a lot of the time. So right. you uh, you have to, to pick and choose. Right now, I, I'm picking and choosing. That's an area that's on my mind though right there. Uh, homeless families, children, music, those are the two things that I want to involve myself in more than anything else in terms of community. Um, I think there's ways that um, the things... That I do, the things that the people that I know do, mm-hmm. can can feed into that and help those things like tremendously.
0: Oh. Um. Well, you mentioned the homeless community, and uh, so just to take a hard left here, um, because I know Pensacola has some rather interesting laws in regards to people who don't have it's been very tons of money. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that are plainly despicable in my opinion. Yeah. but um. So, tell me more about your involvement in the homeless community.
1: I I I don't I don't have any formal. No. No, no, no not as of this time. Um, other than handing a few bucks to anybody when I can, uh, that's really. Because it's it.
0: gotten crazy here in Pensacola. Like they were issuing some. They arrested some guy for handing out food. There were for feeding
1: uh, people. Um. I didn't hear that. I know that, that they tried to uh, they tried to pass uh, pass an ordinance against busking, essentially.
0: What uh, the seriously? Yeah. Try you say tried? I trust they failed.
1: Well, um, it was one of those things that 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 was kind of passed and repealed. Uh, <sighs> they're it, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, for one thing, they're costing the city lots of money because they're they're you know they're they're it's just. Um, that's there's so much legal precedent for these things to not exist that for them to even try some of these things, it's kind of silly. Um, but the, uh, there's been this fight in downtown Pensacola for the last, I'd say, 10 years to really turn it around. It used to be, you know, after 5 p.m., the whole downtown area went to sleep, except for Civil quarter on, you know, a couple nights a week. Um, now it's a you know legitimate seven night a week entertainment district. You know it's mm-hmm. that's, that's growing every year. And um, you know, if they want a fine dining restaurant, they you know don't want the homeless people hanging around. Um, yep. Sorry, that's the way it fucking is. We have homeless Great. people. We have to do something else about it. So uh, they've been going about it from that back door of of it's a nuisance. Let's mm-hmm. let's outlaw it. Let's figure out how we can make it really difficult for these people to exist here Uh, rather than say hey let's figure out what we can do to help these people so that they you know instead of being you know on the street corner begging for food at 9 p.m on a friday night they're Right. sleeping somewhere comfortably.
0: Whereas we could have followed the good example of everybody else that's done reasonable work in handling the problem, spent half as much money as our campaign to undermine these people's humanity, and probably save some lives just by taking care of them. Uh,
1: they encourage people not to give money to the homeless. They have these ridiculous, like, parking meters set up downtown that you're supposed to, you're supposed to, like, not this guy that's asking for money, you're not supposed to give it to him. You're supposed to turn around and put it in this parking meter so it will be distributed more appropriately to the homeless community. So, oh my um, God, I can't imagine something more. You know, I, I mean, you, if you're in a place where those exist, you can see a homeless person. You can stop and look around and see a homeless person.
0: I'm going to find. One Go of these
1: fucking things. give them their money. Yeah, they're all over downtown. You'll you'll see them all over downtown.
0: Oh, and, man. And so it's I'm about just, to become um, an investigative journalist. I, I,
1: I, I, I know. fortunately know some people who are, are extremely active in the homeless community here in Pensacola who do things daily, uh, who, are, I mean, far more than I could ever imagine doing, who I have tremendous respect for, um, and... and um, I would love to be more involved in that again it's something that, that I aspire to do but like most people I just like it's something that well, I, I put off until I have time so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to to get around to that
0: okay. man
1: but those are concerns like in terms of our you know we talk about community I, I think that uh, um, uh, giving children anything positive yeah. is, is beautiful so children and music is something that I can see myself being hugely involved in and then just, Homelessness in general, homeless families, though, I mean, of course, homeless children, homeless women. uh, There's a shelter in my neighborhood that has been open for the last few years that only opens during the cold months uh, for women and children. And um, for years, when I would go to work in the morning, I would drive by there as people were leaving. And so you would see these women pushing strollers away from this homeless shelter in the morning. Like, they can't be there during the day. They're going to probably come back that night. But, man, that if that doesn't fucking, you know, if that doesn't make you think about things, you know, about what's important and what's what's not, you know, in terms of
0: you know, the big picture. It's like, well, and there's so much out of sight, out of mind that goes on these days. I hope that will be one of the, that's proving to be one of the great advantages of the information age. And, and we've seen social media in very extreme circumstances. The Arab Spring was the first example yeah. of social media helping to enable you know this thing to change. Just, just
1: by that, showing it up. You out. seen that documentary on Netflix? Oh,
0: I don't think so. The Square, I believe, is what it's called. Oh, Tiananmen Square. No, no. Remember it's about. about no, no, no. It's no, about. Uh, 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 it's, it's, it's,
1: about uh, it's about the the Arab Spring. It's because it's
0: um, um, yeah, cause there was a square in Egypt. Yeah. That was the I can't remember the it, name of it.
1: it not that can I, but that that, that that's uh, uh, it goes in depth about that whole event the days leading up to I mean it wasn't really one event it was kind of just you know, that that time when that occurred but uh, but they talk about that how social media really um, brought everybody together in that respect
0: yeah um, yeah I think that's a beautiful event. well and that's what a lot of the you know Kurzweil and all those guys had said is that the the access to information is what's going to do it like you know you can lead a horse to water all day long but you can't you can't force people to change their opinion but when you put a mountain of evidence in front of them sooner or later they come around and so that's the that's what i think is going to drive this singularity you know there will be the tipping point will be when it's harder to be ignorant you know when it's harder to be informed or it's harder to not be informed than it is to be informed. That's gonna be the tipping point. And I think we're, after seeing some of the things that I've seen on social media in the last few days, it is a stark reminder that the smartest people around, Kurzweil in particular, when they started talking about the, the time frames for these transitions of this new singularity and consciousness and information and all that good stuff, we are in the middle of that, we're in the plus or minus the beginnings of the plus or minus and predictions of when that was going to start to happen. And so people that pushed it off, well, I think we're in the thick of it, man. There's so much disinformation, though, on
1: the Internet. Yeah. How do you, like, like yeah. how do you account for that, though? Like, like, there's, there's people that s- swear by the information being correct, that are not oh, yeah, swearing by the correct information. Yeah, it doesn't it's, mean it's good information. That's what worries yeah. me more than anything.
0: Is, um, well, it gets worse before it gets better. But I think what's going on here, I've thought about this, and I think... Because we have these built-in mechanisms where when you hear bullshit, you know bullshit most of the time. When somebody coughs a lie at you, you can tell, for the most part. This is something that we learn as children, because when we get conflicting messages between the words and what somebody's doing in their physical presence, it raises signals. We're all familiar with this. Kids are expert liars, there's no doubt about it. This is stuff that we're pre-programmed to do. You know, language is the tool, rhetoric is the means that we manipulate it and we're all born with knowing how to manipulate it. It's just not some fancy thing. So we take that and, and we, we allow people to forget that it's part of, of the puzzle and that it, it's okay to be able to manipulate people as long as you do it honestly, like it's an ancient argument that goes back and forth about when is it responsible and irresponsible to be manipulative. But it's part of something that we're all doing, and I think people are more and more coming around to calling bullshit. And so part of this process of sorting through information online is there has to be a ton of crap so everybody can figure out what crap is, and then the crap starts to fade off after a while. I mean, you know, The filters become better and better and better. And then there are lots of theories that talk about the way that we process information in real time. And we have these, these, we've spent a lifetime of building up these catalogs of things that we use to filter out BS in real time. But we haven't done that with the computer systems. We haven't done that with Facebook. And so there's this steep learning curve of quit citing shitty information <laughs> and think for yourself. but that's a long way to go around and and say that i think we are watching intellectual evolution in real time because we are we have positioned ourselves against something smarter than us and now we have to catch up and so on sooner or later it's gonna it's gonna be a survival thing and not an entertainment thing and that, I think that's where we're at now because there is so much bad information that it's becoming a survival thing. If you want to use this information to inform who you are, you gotta be real wary about it. It's just a long way to say exactly what you were saying, but there you go, sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was my run around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain, she come.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there, man. It's like, it's really, um, um, if you want it, it's there. Right? Yeah. that's kind of like I, 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 I don't know I'm not convinced yet that there's any sort of grander you know paradigm shift yet I, I don't know um, I know individually if you want if you're looking for something you can find it
0: yeah right? so, to
1: me that's the thing that's that's most amazing these days is that like if, if you want if, if you want to find out about anything um, uh, I, I changed my oil for the first time the other day, I've just never done it in my life, but I, I, I it took me uh, 30 seconds to search a video on YouTube. Yep. It took me uh, eight minutes of watching that video on YouTube to know exactly what to go to the store and buy, and to come home and fucking do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, you know, when I first got a car, before the internet was really around, you know, you know um, you couldn't really do that you know like you'd have to go buy some book and flip through it there wasn't some step-by-step video that some dude in Ohio did click you know, and it's,
0: clack put together <laughs> it, it,
1: it, it's, it's amazing I know this is just, just some random dudes like it's like, yeah. you know, it's like um, it, it amazes me continually like what it, useful information you can find um, Way through the bullshit. Yeah, there were four other tutorial videos about how to do it, but after watching two minutes of each of them, I figured, okay, no, I found the one that was like, yeah, this one, like you said, it felt, felt right. It wasn't yeah. like this guy didn't, he wasn't, there was no and jive. It was like, just, okay, this is how you change your oil in this car, this model car. Boom. Mm. And so there it was. Um, but, uh, you know, gardening, anytime I want to learn something, uh, you know, pretty specifically, I can find it within a matter of a couple seconds. This, the, this yes. whole information age thing, like, like to me, that that's that's, the, that's the that's the revolution. It, it's it's go, it's going to become more of a personal thing where people can really figure out like anything you want to learn, it's there. Like, everything I've learned about audio recording, I've pretty much learned on the internet.
0: Right, right. So uh, the, there is the library at Alexandria. It's
1: it's it's there. It's it's yeah. like the, the everything in the world. It's I, I think one of the biggest lessons we can teach our children these days is that if you're looking for information. You
0: know, I mean, how to do good research. My
1: kid is 14 years old. He's had a cell phone for four years. He knows how to whip it out and and, and, and Google something, and he knows, you know, he, he you know he can he can figure out what's bullshit and what's not for the yeah. most part. I, yeah. I feel and, uh, um, but but it, yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing to me. You know, like, yeah, exactly. That the the grandest library in the world is is is. We, we all have it in our pocket. And if, if you if you wanna know something, to ask a question and to leave it unanswered in your own mind these days is just pure stupid. What a waste. Like if you have any sort of question about anything, yeah uh, you know, I've got the the Merriam Webster dictionary app on my phone. I don't I don't let a word go by me anymore that I don't that I don't try to figure out what it means. No, it, might, it might not stick with stuff. me like over the long period of time, but I'm gonna at least look at it and understand yeah. it at that moment in the context that I need to know it in. Uh, because I think it just it's just, you know, and again, I don't know if it, you know, th- going back to what we said back, you know, 20 minutes ago, I, I just enjoy doing that. Yeah. I don't know if it makes me better or worse or anything. I don't care. But I enjoy that idea of, like, gaining something every yeah. day, gaining some information every day, gaining some sort of, like, okay, today I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure out how to, you know, do this thing a little better than I did it
0: yesterday. Just a little. Just a little better. Just a little better. That reminds me of playing video games as a kid, just playing the same level over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm just going to do this until I do it better. <laughs> until I do
1: it better, <laughs> until I figure out. You know, and I'm not, I, I wasn't the gamer that my, my son is. My, my son is, like, yesterday we had that day where we, uh, I, I had some things to do in the morning. I was up here for a while. I got home, and we were like, are we going to go do something? And you know, the whole family was home, and we were all just like,
0: we're right here, and
1: so he literally like laid on the couch and played played a video game, all fucking day until he figured out how to how to you know get by the shit he was trying to figure out. And, yeah. Um,
0: Before they made cheat codes you know in what I mean? gamer magazines. Yeah, you
1: know, and and I, and, I, and, I, and he's you know he's of course you know you know tapping over going to Google and finding shit and figuring things out, but right. but at the same time I like I. I I don't have a problem with them playing video games. I don't have a problem with that resourcefulness of like, yeah, figure that problem out, figure
0: it out. I can remember having to wait on GamePro to come out. God,
1: what was that? that Oh,
0: that was the game magazine magazine that told you the cheat code and all that, like how to figure it out. No, Lord of Mercy. Back in the day, it was a video. Like, I I can. Sir, I'm just compiling this whole story in my head. It's such a such a great topic. (laughs) But uh, remembering back to just all day long all day long to get that one level to get that one to find that one sword or whatever it was sorry I hadn't been a gamer in a long time so I, just, a I, I, I
1: never did that man I I, um,
0: I, I well, was well into... how about as a musician uh, learning a lick or like learning a solo did you ever have one of those moments where you're like this is it until it's accomplished
1: um yeah yeah I guess so yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um well, we were talking about like childhoods lost. <laughs> like yeah. I'm focusing on this one thing. I didn't start
1: playing bass until well into high school, and I didn't really, really get serious about it until like even later than that. So it was. Uh, um, no, the, the 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 one thing that I could say I could, I could really apply that whole mentality to would be skateboarding. Really. Uh, like when I was yeah when I was in high school I was I, I skateboarded. So the whole idea of like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to how to kickflip. I'm gonna go home from school today, and I'm gonna See, bust my fucking shins that's for blood hours. Sweat. Yeah, and I'm gonna figure out how to do this trick. And uh, yeah, so so the, the, that that was probably the the one thing in my life that I really just was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to do this, you know, and spend hours mm-hmm. doing that one thing over and over again. But I, I know that that mentality and that discipline carried over into other things, no doubt. But that was at that age when. You know, when you're like, okay, I'm not, I've got no social life. I'm just gonna, you know, after school, I'm going to do this. Yeah, that's that's what I was doing. I was never like a great skateboarder by any means, but that was like my my thing during those years.
0: I loved it, loved it, loved it. Very cool. I, uh, I think I was just always too wounded to be a skateboarder. I um, like between getting run over and all that good stuff, I remember being around it, but I never. Uh, I never was not lazy enough, for whatever yeah. reason. I, I guess I was riding a bike. I was I was riding a bike more than I was skateboarding, so maybe that was where I picked it. But I um I divulge on that tangent because riding a bike was a lot safer for me than yeah. than being on a skateboard. I probably had a couple like one too many of those shin accidents. And was like
1: screw this.
0: See the idea so of like- sticking with it.
1: I, I, I did the, the, the freestyle BMX thing for yeah. a little while, but the whole idea of having, either. <laughs> having this big bike to me that scared me more than okay, I've got this little skateboard, I can just just throw that thing out of the way and you know I'm all good. And, but this big bike that can fall on me or I can you know get all tied up in that always scared me more than than a skateboard. I, I didn't last in that. World very long I at mean, all. No, we
0: used to. And that
1: world's far more expensive than skateboards. Like, I had the cheapest bikes That's you true. could possibly find. I was like, you look at these, like, good bikes, they're like $1,000, but you can just, you know, get a good skateboard for 100 bucks.
0: Yeah. So it was
1: like, no doubt that that was far more achievable in my world.
0: We, uh, we were, man, I don't know. We, we did some pretty ridiculously crazy things on bikes. I guess mountain bikes is just where it landed for us. I, um, but Tony Hawk, like, I remember the surf, like, coming over to Gulf Shores and watching watching kids surf and, uh, and thinking, yeah, and then just not, just sucking so <laughs> bad at it. <laughs> it's never happened for me. But, but those are all good memories, man. Those are all good memories of doing things. And the reason I, I wanted to delve into that is because there's – uh, the risk reward is different than it used to be. There used to be blood, sweat, and tears involved, Yeah. and now the consequences are t- are more time lost than anything else.
1: Well, we don't, you know. I mean, kids these days don't have the, uh, and I know it's the world. Uh, we just we don't give them the opportunity for personal responsibility that that I know that I had when I was a kid. Uh, we, I, I, I have conversations about it all the time about how funny it is. Like, when I was eight years old, I was riding my bike, you know, two miles to school. Me too, yeah. You know, and I was, you know, I was riding, you know, a neighborhood or two over to my friend's house eight, nine years old. Yeah. You know, by the time I was, you know, in middle school and high school, we were riding all over fucking town. The thought of letting my son ride this bike a mile from my house now at 14, almost 15, I'm like, "Fuck no, you're not doing that." Uh, and and, and it's, it's you know, it's the radius at which we let our children gravitate from their home has, has changed a lot over the years. Our, you know, and I don't know if the world's gotten more dangerous, or if it's just our perception, or if or if we're just getting a little more you know, um, you know, just scared of things. I don't know, but. Uh, um, That's a good question. I, I know I used to, you know, cross a, a big highway when I was, you know, nine years old. I, I had yeah. to go to school, and we had to cross, a, you know, like a major highway mm-hmm. uh, to get to school. And you had to wait for the red light. You had to watch the, you know, the crosswalk, and you had to wait for it to turn green, and you had to go. You know, like, those were things we learned because it's like, if you don't do it like this, you're going to fucking die. right. The car's gonna fucking run over you. This right? is how you do it, you know. And you learn those things early. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, I, it's weird for me to even think about these days of letting. And I have, I've got a, I've got a child. You don't have a child. No. Nope. You don't have a child. I have a child. No. Nope. So I that,
0: am a child. There are people in my family that are responsible in doing adult things. Oh, I am not one of them. Well,
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that when when you get, it, it, you know, it, I, I knock on wood. Who knows? It's, it's a wonderful thing.
0: I could have one show up tomorrow.
1: It's a beautiful thing. If, if it happens, embrace it, enjoy it.
0: Um, oh, I definitely. But would. the whole concept Many of like... would be
1: dangerous. Like, oh, dude. Um, it's really odd to look at yourself in another person. And, you, it, it, and I don't know that, you know, I, I think that's the one unexplainable thing about being a parent, especially if your child is very much like kind of you. Like uh, from the time my son was young until now, like I look at him and it's like, oh, my God. It's just weird. It's very strange, um, but it's also weird. I, I think that idea of like, just uh, not wanting bad to happen to him. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like, yeah. oh, I don't want you to cross that road because it's dangerous. Yeah. But but I used to do it, you know. Um, and it's a hard thing to keep in check. It's like you know that yeah he's he can gauge his own. He knows. Mm-hmm. He knows, but I, I want to protect him always. <laughs> yeah scared to let them do things that uh, that, that we used to do. But yeah. That whole personal responsibility thing, though, like we, we really uh, it was different for us when we were younger.
0: It was. It really was. You know, like people say, when the streetlights go off, that's when it's time to be home. They're before cell phones and all that good stuff. I was born in, in 1980. So I'm right there in a very interesting generational spot in that I was one of those people that, that got to grow up without a screen, but was young enough to fully adapt yeah. to, to technology, so we're we're a cute little group, and the, they've come up with all kinds of cute little names yeah. for us. But but we're an interesting little group. But I think I'm big into rites of passage, like with all the you know with all the pot that I smoke and all the the things that I have found that help me with my mental illnesses and my my personal issues, um, anger issues being going way back. Um, so finding things that have helped me and having lived through some rather extreme events is uh, is something that's valuable. I totally forgot where I was going with that. But it gets us into liminal spaces and life-altering events and coming of age. Like, we don't have... This is where I was going. We were the rites of passage in assuming these personal responsibilities, the way that... that other cultures, previous cultures, other civilizations have that carry weight and carry consequences, specifically the ones uh, like doing altered states of consciousness, be it from chemicals, it's always from chemicals, but be it ingested or just induced. And one of them is pain. You see lots of rites of passage that involve pain, and you see lots of rites of passage that involve coming to terms with you know, ego death, you know mushrooms is one that's used a lot with teenagers across lots of cultures and lots of different places specifically because it helps teach people about ego Um, marijuana is not something that's used a lot medicinally for shamanic purposes with some odd exceptions but it's not I guess it's more accurate to say it's not used in the same way that psilocybin is used it's a whole other thing but but we saw that in ancient cultures like here's this monumental thing that you're old enough to come to terms with now to go through to experience that is all about dealing with yourself and, and coming of age and in some very real ways that, has, that have real ramifications um, we're, I think all that shit's gone out the window now yeah. like, with social media and, and how safe we've made our world be it for, for better or for worse we just don't have many of those. Not that I'm advocating you should go out and see how high you can get. Like, do it. Find a shaman. If you don't have a shaman in your life, go find a shaman. But um, that's not your buddy that sells pot, by the way. That is not a shaman. Uh, these are. It's are not p- your
1: buddy, the pot. Is the
0: shaman? <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it. it um, um,
1: we don't, and that really is about the closest we have anymore. though, is, is people having personal experiences that that they that they. Through what I don't know. I don't know what makes somebody have an experience with with a drug that leads them to become more aware of of things, or or makes them become more of a I think druggy loser in society. I yeah. I, I, I don't know. I I I mean, you know what I'm saying? There, like like yeah. there's there's people that can that can have that experience and. And, and just party on it, like I know people that will party on LSD.
0: I'm not talking about the partying aspect of it specifically I'm not, here. I'm I, talking about the the type of,
1: you know, but uh, that's what I mean is, is is that that other aspect of it of, of that 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 that, it. that 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 you can have that same experience, yeah, um, and, and interpret it different ways. Like I, I don't know what causes some
0: one person to be able to. I, 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 I've not. I think it comes down to the lack of shaman. I get what you're saying. Like, how is it that someone can take a positive versus someone being able to take a negative? Exactly. And I think it comes down to the shaman because some of us... But what is, what is that for people, though? Is that I think for some people, reflection can be a good shaman and we can go back and we can learn. For, for those of us who didn't have experienced people around us, I think we become our own shamans. Or the, the plant becomes the shaman. And this is very specific we're talking about not synthetic drugs here. Like there's no value in, in my mind, outside of a medical circumstance, that anybody <clears throat> should be experimenting with synthesized drugs, nah. Plants, on the other hand, have a lot to teach us, I think. Plant therapy is a whole other thing, but people who smoke pot and have no idea how to relate that to their reality are, are gonna be at a loss to figure out why that's valuable. Uh, So the best example of how to do that responsibly right now with our our own culture is the MAPS program. And MAPS is Rick Doblin and these guys that are using MDMA to assist uh, PTSD. But the way this goes down is they've got psychotherapists acting as the shaman. So these people will drop MDMA in a clinical environment, they'll sit on the couch, and then they'll have a, a psychotherapist there with them to talk and to discuss, so they've got an anchor. So you've got someone to guide you through this and help explain, or to help you understand that, that process, not understand, but to help you process the things that you wanna process in that space. And that's, without that, you're just kinda guessing it, that what can I glean from this meaning-wise, but in a cathartic event, in a liminal space, in the rite of passage, we always have someone to, we always have some safety net versus having to figure it out on your own. And I think that's, that's where people lose it, when, when they don't have, we've gotten to the point where you get drugs from drug dealers as opposed to shamans now, so there's no one to hold your hand through that experience. And the more graduated experience you have, the less likely you are to put together the real benefits of it, which is one of the reasons that people t- talk all the time about how they didn't realize the benefits of something until they'd abused it, until they'd used it so much that they abused it. And I think that becomes a matter of perspective, which is what most of those things, which I think is what all drugs teach us, is that there's another perspective and I'm going to force you to experience sure. it. Sure. Because that's where we get truth, I sure. think. Sure. Just sure. from a collective of perspectives, the more perspectives you have, the closer to capital T truth you can get.
1: To know that, just just to be aware that there is another another perspective. Yeah, I think it's, it's like a hugely powerful thing to become aware of. Yeah, you know that there
0: is. That's the value in it, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and, I, and I would agree. I mean, that's you know, with 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 pot with marijuana, that's that's always been my biggest love of it is the perspective shift. It's yeah. like there's this perspective shift that allows you to um, um, at least for me and I think for a lot of people like you can you can shed some of the things that you are constantly focused on and they seem to get out of the way yeah Um, and then you can you know focus in on whatever it is you know for me typically it's it's you know during the creative process, you know, playing music or doing something else creative that I enjoy it the most because it's like, okay, now it's it just seems to like part the waters. Yeah. You know, and then and there's the, the thing that you want to focus on the most and mm-hmm. that uh, deserves to be focused on yeah. more, more so. Um, but yeah that that's an interesting perspective man that, 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 that people are just kind of like floundering through it I guess. They're they they they, they uh, they're they're given it without any meaning or um, without any perspective that it um, can even be a learning process. Yeah. I think so many people are even oblivious to the fact that there can be things gleaned from uh, a psychedelic experience or um, I mean I don't know if it' being, being installed as a psychedelic experience per se, but it kind of is. It's I mean it's it's definitely putting you into a well and what you choose to do in the
0: space too. Yeah. Like there's a difference between escapism and experimentation. Sure. I think. So sure, sure, intent sure. has a lot to do with
1: it. it uh, intent is everything to me with everything in yeah. the world. Like I, I think it really defines
0: What you bring to
1: it. what you bring to anything. Like it comes down like if you break everything down and trim it all down, what it really what the the thing at the bottom is the intent like right. why, why? Like, wh- wh- what is the purpose um, but yeah it, 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 uh, again like with, with somebody who is unassisted going into a psychedelic experience like what is their where do you find a shaman like like who 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 or what is that for you know what I mean like I,
0: I, I there's, there's a no I don't think there's a sign there's no yeah. guide on how to find that yeah and, so I, I think a lot of it is comfort like because you can, like you said, in some instances the, the the medicine can be the shaman or or whatever the chemical can be the shaman. and in some instances, it's just finding finding a guru, you know it's that the buoy in in storm that, that one reference point that becomes the shaman, I think. and some people, can step into that role readily, and then some people look into that role for other people. But going looking for it, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can. You don't go looking for a shaman. I mean, shaman, shaman finds a
1: shaman. Is shaman always? Is it a person? Is it an idea? It can be anything. It can be either it can be anything. It can be anything. I think it's the. Cause I've always been curious about that, like like the the concept of a of a concept
0: being the, the thing which yeah. kind of grounds you or. It's, it's like the, the concept of a master. Like, can you teach yourself martial arts? Sure. You can read some books, and you can you can get an idea, and you can teach yourself martial arts. And the more you learn, the, the more in-depth it can be. But it'll never be the same relationship as two martial arts as you would get through uh, through a sensei or through a teacher. And so in a lot of ways, that's that's what a shaman is. Like a, you, could, you could generalize it, I guess, and say it's uh, just a spiritual leader. That term's really... Dead, I think spirituality is maybe will be the generation that killed the term spiritual <laughs> I hope not but you don't like it you don't like that term or you just I do like it I think it's just getting getting beat into the ground because it's, it's pretty played out yeah there's so because there's so many things that people mean when they say that that just muddies the water I, th- I think people are gonna get away from it and use more specific terms like, as opposed to explaining that they have a relationship with something that is not our readily available senses I think people will start talking about it start talking about what that relationship is as opposed to this general uh, definition and maybe that's where we're going instead of this like vague spirituality yeah. we're moving towards well how are you spiritual? You know, becoming the more pertinent question.
1: Kind of reminds me of uh, one of my least favorite words and concepts in music is, is genre.
0: <laughs> I uh, do tell.
1: Uh, well, just the idea of a, like like a style of, of yeah. music versus something that it, it, it to me it, like it robs things of, of the, the cultural thing that they are like, you know, to, to think about uh, Latin music as a genre of music or yeah. funk as a genre like you know, like, like it, it and I mean more in terms of like like approaching it from a musician like like there's there's people that will wonder can you can you play funk or can you play Latin music like it's a genre that you should be able just to academically learn rather than I guess spirituality to me is is kind of that same thing it's like kind of become this thing that like the whole the whole concept is gone like it's devoid of anything that it really is it's now this kind of. Thing yeah. that that's it's become this academic thing that's no longer got any like spirituality. It's got to have a root in something. It's got to have a root in. I mean, there can be religious spirituality. There can be philosophical spirituality. There can be a lot of these different things that can cause a person to become spiritual. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think much like genres in music, it's just gotten to the point where it's just gotten academic and and, and really. Um, the 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 actual intent and why is, is kind of given way to the the thing
0: yeah and it's, so how do you feel about the term style instead of genre I, I don't know I, I I mention that because I think it it ties back to martial arts in that there are styles of martial arts there are you know uh, the term genre to me seems from the outside, we're trying to lump all these things together, which is ridiculous because we know at the edges there's overlap. Yeah. And what you're actually talking about is a technique. You're talking about uh, something that comes out of a specific context, which is how martial arts work. They, they come out of these contexts that, well, Kung Fu, very polite, you know, there are not a whole lot of uh, uh, jujitsu practitioners in, in Kung Fu tournaments. And so you get this very specific. You know, refined fine thing. Yeah. I think so there's style.
1: I think there's things to, to, to be uh, there's a way to, to, to break things down and learn from them. Yeah.
0: As a But they all overlap.
1: as a martial artist, as a musician, as a as a painter, as a whatever, there's a way to break down these schools of thought, these styles, these right, genres, right. whatever whatever we want to call them. There's a way to break them down and to take them in and learn from them. But if you if you do so devoid of their cultural references, if you don't also... Context. Yeah, if you don't also explore that, I think you really, um, you never, um, my opinion, you just don't get to the meat of it. You don't really get to the, you don't really get to the, um, um, I I would find it it hard to believe um, that somebody could really um, pull it off without without getting to the cultural yeah. context like, of what it. What do you know
0: about mariachi music if you've never been in a mariachi band? I mean, like, no, You I could mean, be a badass mariachi guitar player, but if you've never played with other people that do that...
1: I can tell you a lot about... The, I,
0: I, I went through a Cuban
1: music phase, the whole idea of, of Cuban music, Latin mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. It, it, I loved it. I had friends that were into it. We were into it. We found some guys who were legit. They were, you know, one from Puerto Rico, one from Cuba. They were legit. Uh, everything I thought I knew, I thought I knew, like, didn't fucking matter, like I wasn't playing it correctly, like I, I, I missed everything about it, like I would learned everything about it, I knew exactly where, you know, I knew, yeah. you know, where the beats were supposed to lie, I knew how the, I knew, Built how, it on all, same. knew how it all worked, I knew how it all worked, you know, musically in my head I knew how it all worked, I could break it all down, I could play the shit, but like, um, One of the guys, uh, his name was uh, Renee, from uh, uh, from Cuba. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful human being. Um, Renee would play the maracas, and like I used to think people—you'd pick up a maraca and you'd shake, right? Like you don't play the maracas. Like there's nobody who says that they play the maracas. Well, like you play the maracas. And immediately, as soon as he would pick him up, like, as soon as he would pick him up, like, it was like this huge smile would come over his face, and he would just start dancing and playing, and it was like, there was so much education in that, it was like, man, that's not, he's not playing the maracas, that, he's, that's... He's breathing life into something yeah. that didn't exist like a minute right. ago. Now there's this living, breathing thing that's none of us. It's this thing that exists in the room now, yeah. that is, it's, it's, it's com- you know, it's comprised of joy, and it's this thing, this, you know, this intangible thing that now exists in the room that didn't exist before. And people that can bring that into a room are just, to me, that's the most amazing thing in the world. Like I love yeah. musicians who can bring that into a room. Um, Hell yeah. You know, it's. Um, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of we're fortunate. There's a lot of guys around here that can that can do that. Um, um, uh, uh, Owen Finley, one, oh, of, one of my one of my favorite people in the world. I love it. Yeah, you know, last Sunday night at, at Vinyl Music Hall, Owen plays a solo, a bass solo, and it was the it was the, the the highlight of the night. Like everybody is just like everybody in the room is smiling and laughing at the end of Owen's bass solo. And who cares what he played on the bass? Like I don't even remember what he played on the bass. I just remember at the end of it, I was. <laughs> I was happy, and that's exactly. that's something that not a lot of people can do. There's, you yeah. know, and we're fortunate. That there's there's a lot of people around here that are really, really good at that. You know, we, we have a lot of musicians around here that just bring bring joy into the room. Had a great conversation with Jake Peavy the other night about this. We were talking about yeah. Colonel Bruce Hampton, and that was the oh, lesson.
0: Yeah. We hang p- on, hang on, hang on. Before we get into the Colonel and Bruce, mm-hmm. we're gonna reset this. Okay.
1: We're okay on time.
0: Oh yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Just in one of the the transition. Sometimes the transition gets clippy. So you were talking with Jake Peavy about the Colonel.
1: Yeah. Just I mean that was you know he had mentioned that was one of the lessons he had learned from Bruce was he had spoken to Bruce about what what music was like. Yeah. What is this thing and uh, and you know my fortunate time that I got to spend with Bruce it was one of the greatest lessons I took from it which I still try to. You know, grasp every day was that what music is is just it's joy in the room it's just bringing joy to the room it's um, ego is the exact opposite of that it's um, when we're really concerned about what we're doing and what we're playing and the notes we just messed up and the chord progression we just you know or or this this awesome thing we just did this awesome lick we just played um, you know, you look, you, you, you look up and, and, and you realize how many people you really affected with that. And it's probably, you know, probably the two guys in the back with folded arms who were the other bass players there <laughs> who, who just, like, my, who just, you know, looked up and didn't smile or anything but, like, noticed that you did something. Right. Uh, versus that moment when you're just like, okay, the whole band just exploded and everybody in the crowd just exploded. What was that all about? Well, that's, that had nothing to do with that other thought at all. Right. Um, and so that that's just um, that whole concept of bringing joy, man. That that idea is, whew, um, um, I strive for that constantly. Like it's like, and it goes back to the intent thing. What is your intent? Why are you doing it? Are you trying to show off, and be fancy, or usually? You, yeah. <laughs> for me, yeah, it's it's a hard habit to break. You know, it's like you you, uh, and it, it's it's an onion. It's it's, it's multi layers. You break down one layer of your ego, and you get to a Another core, and you break down to one, and you get to another.
0: I was thinking about it from a from another standpoint. Like I, I keep coming back to the martial arts thing because I've been watching a lot of jujitsu competitions, and the so this idea of a winner and a loser is it's a perspective thing because the greater picture is the loop, like you say. And so it's not a not a question of who's winning or losing it's how intense can we make this cycle and once that cycle reads a fever pitch and the room explodes and the band explodes and everybody's having this moment you can't you can't lose because nobody can win that's where I'm trying to get to like how how yeah it's a collective it comes, it comes back around yeah. it, it,
1: it's a collective thing um, I've had uh, moments on stage with bands that musically were amazing Mm -hmm. that um the room did nothing i've had i've had times on stage where the band was less than stellar but the people in the crowd were were ready for something and so they were grabbing a hold of whatever they could get um i've been in rooms where both those things intersected and it's just pure joy it's that that's when it when you want it um i love that
0: um, analogy the pure joy know.
1: It, it, it's, it's really like like that that's when it all kind of happens that's what it's all about and, and, and with with any style of music that's you know um, people can bring that in different ways which is to me what is amazing about artists like you listen to somebody like Thelonious Monk uh, it's kind of heady music you know what I mean it's it's yeah. it's not you know it's not what you're typically going to put on at a keg party or something you know right. um, but there are these moments where it's just like you just laugh it's just like there's just so much like just pure joyous energy about it how um, do you even up over that exactly <laughs> and, and, and it happens uh, you know a lot of people associate that that energy climax with, with, with jam band music because that's typically what that music feeds upon is that, yeah. that energy kind of live um, a lot of times that music gets devoid of or not devoid but it starts to lack some of the musical sophistication that you would like you know sometimes it's just about that okay let's play a solo and and build the volume yeah which is a very easy trick to employ and it works it feels oh, good yeah. it still feels good three chord
0: stadium rock is three chord stadium rock for a reason
1: it's great it's great and uh, you know it's a, a it's a lot of jam bands in the world that exist on that like idea that they can go from nothing and then ten minutes later they're up here and it's, yeah. you know it's it's an energy and a volume lift um, there's some people that can do that with a uh, musical sophistication, though, that's amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's um, in the end, though, it's all just about that that experience mm-hmm. of, of, of feeling that momentum shift. Um, why do people watch sports? They watch it for the momentum shift. It's that. It's that interception. Mm-hmm. It's that dropped pass. It's that. It's the it's the momentum shift that. Schadenfreuden you know what I mean? Like that's exactly what it's all about. So music—it's the same thing with music. It's about the momentum. It's about the energy. You want that yeah. that energy shift to occur, and by whatever means necessary. If it occurs, it's going to feel good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So you know, if it's if it's Fish doing it, or or you know Wayne Shorter, it feels good. that payoff. You get that payoff in the end. You know, it's, it's that's kind of what it's all about.
0: It's an awesome, awesome thing. I can't think of any bases we haven't covered. I um love to, to keep rambling, but I I think we've we've pretty much encapsulated it. Cool. At an hour and a half. Wow. I feel that like long. I've eaten up most of your evening. Yeah, this wow. has been wonderful for the little gray cells. Wow. Did, did I did I miss anything? Do you have any any thoughts that you would would want to add in closing?
1: No, no I well, can't remember what all we talked about. So. <laughs> That's a good solo
0: then. That's a really good solo. Uh, well, then, then share the plugs with everybody. How can people hear your music and uh, and check out some of the stuff that you're doing? Oh, well, right now, um, give us the .dot coms.
1: .dot coms Pensacola Audio Documentation .dot com. Um, building that currently, it's kind of dry at the moment, but uh, uh, and you can also find it on Facebook and Instagram. Nice. Uh, um, gigging in Mobile uh, every Wednesday night with. Um, John Milham and Mr. Ben Jernigan Wednesday night Where at? At the Dolphin Street Blues Company What
0: time? 9 p.m. Until Yes You know I do some stuff in Mobile on a Wednesday You do? I do I know that's why I was I'm gonna come harass y'all
1: Okay Is yours later,
0: earlier? Um. We usually start at like It's earlier It's earlier Cool Earlier So I'll be able to And if you guys are right down there I'll walk over
1: Come by it's been it's been fun. Been doing that, been playing with with John Hart a lot again lately. And um, Very cool. Yeah, just, just plugging away man, playing music. Um there's a Pensacola band called Surrounder. I don't know if you've heard of them yet nope. or not. We're Surrender. gonna yeah, they we recorded their first record last year and we're gonna start on their second here real soon.
0: Nice. Uh, where where are, are they? What's how have I not heard of them? I mean, there's lots of music I haven't heard of, but they're, they're, we know the same people. How have I not heard of this?
1: They're they're kind of in a, in a little different little different scene than we normally kind of kind of run with. Do yeah, uh, tell, do tell. But um, they uh,
0: just check them out. Surrounder. Surrounder. Awesome. I Anybody I know? Mm. No. No. Cool. No new stuff. Yep. Love new stuff. You'll dig it. You'll dig it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Anything else?
1: scam county everybody look out for that
0: oh yeah that was the one I was gonna ask you about scam county is this this video that you're doing some videos it's so a sitcom. It's, for. It's,
1: it's, a, it's an actual sitcom, it's sitcom. okay it's, an actual, it's a sitcom pilot that uh, some friends have been working on for years and years and uh, I know uh, I've seen them on Facebook yep yep um, they have a Facebook and Instagram uh, scam county which is kind of a play on Escambia County oh, boom. Um, it's going to be. Uh, we're working on the 30-minute pilot right now, nice. uh, in, in hopes to get it in some festivals and maybe eventually get picked up and you know actually have a uh, you know a full season of. Uh, they've got quite a bit you know plotted and written for a, a full season, so we'd like to, to carry it out. Uh, I'm doing the, the just the location audio right now. They're, they're doing. Um, um, I guess we've done five. Five days of shooting so far. We're about halfway done with the first first episode. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. And it's just uh, uh, regardless of what happens with it, it's just fucking amazing that people are, are like going back to technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody has an idea, and like you no longer have to have a hundred thousand dollars to make a TV show. You can have a few friends with a, have a you know a camera and a few things, and you know some good ideas, and you can you can make a fucking TV show. Um, oh, yeah. It's really, it's really amazing. So, um, a, an amazing group of guys over here who've putting it together. And I mean, it's it's legit, it's scripted, uh, everything is um, uh, is done as as legit as it can be. So, I'm I'm pretty excited about it.
0: That sounds fucking amazing. There's a real scam th- county. Scam county.
1: Scam ah. county. So we're yeah, uh, check it. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. Uh let's see. Is there anything else? I, uh, I think I can't think of anything else. Cool. I think that pretty much does it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. This has been a pleasure, you. man. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you have have having me. Yeah. So uh, until next time, ladles and jelly spoons. Thanks for tuning in, and until then, truth, love, and peace. Bye.